Good morning, y'all. It's your girl, Super Cindy. Welcome to Community Matters. Happy Sunday to you. I hope you're all feeling good and amazing. This morning, our guest is representing the Carrie Meek Foundation. But before we get into that, I just want you all to remember that Community Matters is all about resources and information that you or someone you know can use. So always pass along the information. And if you ever miss a .org, a .com, a phone number, whatever, you can always visit 99jamsmiami.com, which is our station website. And all the information is on the community corner, which is at the bottom bottom of the page. All the episodes go up there and all that good stuff. So this morning, representing the Carrie Meek Foundation, I have the president and CEO of the Carrie Meek Foundation, Miss Lucia Davis Rayford. Good morning, Lucia. How good are you? Good morning, Sydney. I'm wonderful. Thank you. Happy Sunday to you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So tell us exactly what the Carrie Meek Foundation is. Carry Me Foundation is a 501c3 organization founded by my mother, former Congresswoman Carrie P. Meek. It was created in order to carry forth her legislative legacy in four areas, health, education, housing, and community and economic development. So you said it, we're, we're going to break that down a lot further, but you are the daughter of the legendary Carrie Meek. I am her oldest. Wow. I'll admit to being the oldest. Yes. <laughs> Um, when I think of your mother's name, I think of, you know, my younger years of not really understanding because, you know, I wasn't into politics in my 20s or whatever. The name was always prominent in whatever I did and whatever I heard. You always hear the name Carrie Meek. There's a street. There's more than one street named after your mother, isn't well, there? it's 27th Avenue. Yeah. It's the main street, but there are a lot of other uh, I think monuments to her legacy. There's also. a school, Carrie Meek Elementary. Carrie Meek Elementary, Westview yes. Elementary. Yes. There are affordable housing mm-hmm. uh, complexes named for her. There's the Carrie Meek Entrepreneurial Center of Miami Dade College. The community was very loving with 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 my mom as she was with them, and they honored her in that way. That's what I was going to say. Like, why do you think that was? And you answered it. It was pure <laughs> honor, and thankfully, the Carrie Meek Foundation gets the benefit of that legacy because Mm -hmm. people really understand and remember the impact she had in this community. When you were growing up, did you know who your mother was? Because your mother became, was it a senator? Like, how did, what was her, like, how did she climb up the charts of the government, basically? Well, you know, it's funny. We were kids, we were like campus brats. My mom taught at Bethune-Cookman College and Mm -hmm. she taught it. Taught at Florida. And HBCU. Absolutely. She mm-hmm. taught at Florida A&M University, which was her also, her her uh, uh, school. Mm-hmm. Um, and she grew up in Tallahassee. So we watched her ascendancy. We experienced her ascendancy. We didn't know, you know, what she was doing. Yeah. But she was always smart and ambitious, always people-focused. Her students loved her across the state. Um, and so she started out as a college professor. And we moved from Tallahassee to Miami with the growth of Miami-Dade. It was then Dade County Community College. Mm. It was a segregated campus. The mm. black students went to Northwestern. The white students were housed at Central. And as a part of that integration, which she was integral to, um, they moved over to the North Campus. So she then moved up the ladder at that school as well. I was an adult. I think I was... Uh, I probably was just graduating law school when she ran for office for the first time. Oh, wow. And she ran for the Florida House of Representatives mm-hmm. in a competitive race, which she came out of nowhere because she had this people's support. 
She came out of nowhere to win, and she stayed there for a while. Then she uh, ran for the Florida Senate. She was the first black woman in the state of Florida to become a Florida state senator. And then she ran for Congress, and she repeated that first in that she was the first actually elected since Reconstruction black person and certainly the first black woman Mm -hmm. in the state of Florida to be sent to Congress. We're all proud of that record. That That's amazing. And I think what had her winning all those things that you named was because she was for the people, definitely was, and gave back to all the communities and just did so much. Like, where do you think that came from? Like, why was she so loving and giving to her community? I don't know where <laughs> her energy, her focus her tenacity, because she was a really humble woman Mm -hmm. and never really aspired to become rich. So we're all poor as a result. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is, rich and well, rich and um, ways you cannot, you can't even measure monetarily. Maybe not, but (laughs) in in ways that you really can't measure. Mm -hmm. But that lasts a lifetime. Yes. So she was driven by something in her. She was a very, very faithful woman. So um, her religion, her faith in God, her faith in her family and people, she turned it outwardly. And she was just purely a pure, pure servant of the people. And she worked hard. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember seeing her on the news a lot, and it was just all the good things that she did. She was always at some community center or some school or some something happened in the neighborhood. She was there speaking, and she was just very involved with her community, she definitely. Really she really was, and she had this soft-spoken, southern, you know, sweet honey in the vine kind of affect, mm-hmm. but she was a powerhouse. I remember she her voice a, a lot. She had a very distinctive voice. I so. miss that voice, too. Yes, mm-hmm. and you look like her, too, so... <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So let's talk about the Carrie Meek Foundation. How did you get involved with your mother's foundation? Before I retired from Miami-Dade County, she asked me to to do it. She mm-hmm. asked me to help uh, the organization develop some property that, that the county had um, uh, given to her in the foundation at Opelika Airport. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Um, so we developed the property with our partners, Foundry Commercial, and Clarion Partners, and the result of that development is the Amazon uh, Fulfillment Center at uh, Opalaka Airport. There is a big industrial warehouse space there. Our building is there, and we hope to have some other opportunities there if you left. So that's how I got started, and my mom never asked me to do anything. Mm. So when she asked me, that was it. Oh, I would put everything say no. Oh, no, no, no. That's not even a thought. Not only not say no, but try to do it well. And I think we made out okay. How many siblings or how many children did did Miss Meek have? She had three. Uh-huh. Me, I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister Sheila, who's a producer and uh, um, an actress in New York City, okay. is the middle child. And Kendrick, yes, the Meek that's been here the whole time, <laughs> is the youngest. He's oh, the okay. baby brother. I never knew Kendrick was the youngest. He is. Oh, the baby brother. <laughs> when you were growing up, like, was your mom always working or did she involve the kids in the work she did like when she had to go to a community center or something were you guys there or like how did it work when you were a kid it was yes to all those things Mm. most of the time my mom was a single parent so she raised us essentially by herself Mm. Um, and so you can imagine parenting single parent and there was no such thing as daycare and all these other things that we have now we were latchkey kids and we were either in that house Mm -hmm. at school some activity or somewhere with her 
<laughs> and all those memories that you must have of people showing love to your mom because she was always resolving things for people. Absolutely, and sharing things. I tell the story as I never knew who would be sleeping in my bedroom when I came home. Wow. Because students, especially from Miami-Dade College, mm -hmm. my room had the twin uh, uh, beds, and mm -hmm. then our guest room had a small uh, full bed. So the guys would get that room, and then the young women would be sleeping in my room. I'm like, okay, hi, how are you? <laughs> hi, new sister. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is so hilarious. So tell me what the mission of the Carrie Meek Foundation is? Like, what is it that 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 organization is built for? Well, we have a lot of flexibility in terms of the way our mission was devised. Mm -hmm. But it is intended to carry on uh, the work of Congresswoman Meek in those four areas, those four pillar areas that I mentioned, in health, and mm -hmm. housing, education, and community and economic development. So everything that you see that we do and that certainly we'll be doing in the future mm -hmm. will be under those four umbrellas. Awesome. And those are very needed umbrellas in our black and brown community that we need help. Abs absolutely. Which absolutely. is the community she always served. Absolutely. She served the community of poor people. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. She was like the Mother Teresa of South oh, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Helping us all. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about the Supporting Safer Communities grant program. What exactly is that? This is probably the most exciting thing that we've done, at least since I've been on board with the Carrie Meek Foundation. Mm -hmm. The Miami-Dade County Board of County Commissioners and the mayor um, gave the Carrie Meek Foundation responsibility for managing its community violence initiative. Mm. Community violence initiative is an anti-gun violence uh, initiative. Um and under legislation sponsored by Commissioner Keone McGee, we were approved by unanimous vote of the Board of County Commissioners to mm -hmm. manage this grant program. So this program is funded by Miami-Dade County and powered by the Carrie Meek Foundation. Mm -hmm. We are, right now, we have grant applications open since April 5th, I believe, they will close on May 12th for $7.2 million in wow. grants that we're looking for to spread across this community. We want the community to provide its responses to uh, uh, gun violence. Mm -hmm. We really want to create a culture that hates, abhors gun violence, and we want to make sure that we have a comprehensive approach to it. So we are focusing on putting aside $2.2 million for grassroots organizations. Mm -hmm. You know, those organizations and those individuals in our communities that do the work exactly. and have been doing it for centuries that keep our communities going. Exactly. Um, we want to make sure that this fund um, includes them. And, in fact, it's the mayor's mandate that we have a 2.2 set aside for grassroots organizations. The county wants these funds to go down into the community, not to the same ones who get it all the time, yeah. not to the big organizations. Yeah. And our job has been to eliminate all the barriers that small organizations typically have when they try to access public grant funds. So we're out there on the road doing it, and it is all relevant to a community response to the elimination of gun violence and working with individuals and groups to get to its root cause. And so the, well, the, the recipients of the grant money, 
obviously they have to apply, and we'll talk about how that works, but they have to be a 501c3, which is small or big, or do they have to have a 501c3? Well, you know, we want 501c3s to be involved. Organizations are nonprofit for a reason. They usually have a mission that is community-related. We're not requiring that our applicants be 501c3s. Oh, that's good. That's we big. are, however, now, in order to distribute the money, mm-hmm. the money will be distributed through 501c3s, certainly. But we have a process by which we pair or will pair um, individuals and organizations that are small um, with organizations that have 501c designations. So they'll have fiscal agents or fiscal managers, but they will do the work and they will be funded for that work. So there's no bar. You can be an individual. You can be a faith-based organization. You can be a uh, a, a corporation. Mm-hmm. You can be a civic organization. We want everybody to invest their time in trying to, you know, resolve this this problem, this challenge that we have in our community. Yes, all the drive-bys, all the killings, all the senseless murders, all the yes. with gun violence. So I'm reading here that um, projects should improve quality of life and engage those at high potential for involvement in gun violence, including reentry support for those returning from incarceration. That's a big thing right there. Very when big. they come back, what job do they get? They have a record. What are they doing? And they have families and children that, that need part, help and support. That part. So the whole, there's Mental, whole... monetary, just everything, you help in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it says deploying high-risk violence interventionists. Mm-hmm. And providing mental health and survivor support services. Now, that's a big thing because when you see a a news story on the news of a shooting that happened or a murder at a home or a drive-by and kids and adults and grandmothers are being murdered and killed, then it goes off the news and we just keep moving and don't think about what that murder and shooting left behind. And this can definitely help a family that's dealing with PTSD and all kinds of mental health issues to get the help that they need. You put the nail right on the head. I hate to use a violent uh, uh, analogy, but the fact of the matter is the interaction between one person and a gun in his or her hand Hmm. and the person who may or may not receive the bullet but was intended to or unintentionally impacted, it is not just an interaction between those two Mm -mm. people. It is that person's family, the shooter's family, as well as the victim's family and the community that they live in. We think we're not affected, but every day when you hear it, it's the accumulation, like like a thousand paper cuts. We are all absorbing the impact of it. We're all fearful of it and just prayerful that it won't happen to us. But there's no guarantee we have such a proliferation of guns. They're in the hands of children. Mm-hmm. They're in the hands of people with mental health challenges. They're in the hands of people who just, you know, uh, uh, would use them in a way that we all would find frightening and irresponsible. So we have a whole community to heal and support, and we're hoping that we get very creative grant applications that would be responsive to the breadth of these challenges, not just that one transaction, but all the things that result leading up to it and after it. I was even thinking, like, even after school, like if someone has an after-school program that keeps the kids out of the streets and keeps them busy or a sports program or it's just like everything connected to keeping that's anti-gun, anti-violence that supports keeping the kids busy apply for this grant? 
Absolutely. Wow. And I'm so glad this is huge. you said it. Because we have the belief that the community has the best response for resolving its own problems. Very often, organizations and people will parachute into our communities to tell us how to get things done. Hmm. And those don't produce lasting results. First of all, we want to work with people who have credibility in the communities. That part. that And have people who have a willingness to give of themselves absolutely just as you suggested, Cindy, mm-hmm. organizations that work with children that can demonstrate that their work has a preventative impact on what these at-risk kids might yeah. otherwise be doing. Yeah. Um, even if we have not designated people at risk, which I think is a demeaning term, but I'm and I'm sorry that I used it. But the fact of the matter is we have children who are at jeopardy for being either victimized by gun violence or uh, uh, perpetuating it. And the more we pour into our kids and our youth, the more likely they'll have the recognition that they have choices. And that doesn't have to be wonderful. I know that's right. So that this grant, um, the Supporting Safe Communities grant, its goal is to increase availability to resources, make things accessible to people because they don't have access because there's not enough funding. And that's that's right. And the program and they could only get four people instead of 20 that need it. Just all those programs. Everyone listening right now, if you know a program, does it have to be a Miami-Dade program? Yes. Can it be Broward? Yes. It's all. It's <clears throat> Miami-Dade County uh, funds gotcha. that is funding it. It's okay. focused in my—that's about the only limitation. It has to be an organization yes, in working in Miami-Dade. Yes. All right. They want to get more people to take advantage of the resources and to mobilize and activate residents to get involved. Yes. Like, motivate them. Let's make a whole parents group that does this to help that. Like, a chain reaction of all of that. Um, When is the application deadline? How long do they have to fill out that application? Applications are due on May 12th by 5 p.m. That's a hard stop. Not 5.03, not 5.05, mm-hmm. 5 p.m. So we still have some time. We are going. We have a lot of workshops and information sessions where people can learn more. And uh, you'll find it on our website. And so we're hoping to get the attention of people who are interested enough to try to dig in and make a contribution to our community. Yes, definitely. So um, I want you all by May 12th, that's the deadline, to visit carrymeekfoundation.org forward slash safer community. You can find out more information there. And the IG is carrymeekfndn, which is short for Carrie Meek Foundation. And make sure you can also find them on um, Facebook. It's Carrie Meek Foundation. So when programs like this get funding, because a lot of programs go out of service, you know what I mean? Because they don't have the funding that they need to get resources, books, pens, whatever they need to keep it moving. Um, The Carrie Meek Foundation will step in and help out with that grant, correct? Well, we're going to step in and help out before you get the grant. One thing we want to have happen as a result of our work in this in this particular program is to enforce the capacity building that the Carry Me Foundation does with smaller organizations. Mm-hmm. Before you even apply, you, we have opportunities for training for how to write a grant. A lot of our organizations that are doing the work in the neighborhoods have never gotten a grant, have never written a grant. They don't know. They're unfamiliar with the whole mm-hmm. grant process and the grant language. So we're going to have training and workshops on grant writing. We're going to have training on workshops on budget, how to build and write and prepare a budget, and also on uh, uh, filling out our application. It's not a typical 
um, treatise that you have to do in terms of filling out a grant uh, uh, proposal, we have a very simple application that's also online, and they will see it in, on the website that you just referred to. Mm-hmm. Very simple ap- application that asks questions so that we can determine how they're going to do what they want to do, um, how much money they're asking for, and a design of their program. But even before that, there's support to help folks who are unfamiliar with the process and how to get it done we're doing it before that. After that, we hope to have a process by which we can sustain organizations that have demonstrated by their performance that they are going to bring in a return on investment by showing us what they can do in the community. So we're looking forward to sustaining this effort. Mm-hmm. Um, this grant is 18 months long, and stars are going to just pop up just by, you're going to see it, you're going to see it. And especially from those first-time organizations that have never had the privilege of being given uh, a, a grant, yes, and have just been doing things mainly out of their own pocket and out that of the part. goodness of their heart, and out of their commitment <clears throat> to their religion and to 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 their community. So hopefully, we will all be talking a year from now about wow, look what this uh, organization has done, look what this church has done, look what this mosque has done, and look what they've done together. Because we are encouraging collaborations across Miami Dade County. We want to have a community-wide network of engaged residents working against gun violence. That is super cool. Why do you think Miami-Dade and Miami-Dade Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava joined forces with the Carrie Meek Foundation? She could have went to any foundation in the world. Why the Carrie Meek Foundation? I wish I could say it's because I'm so gorgeous. That is not the case. You do look like your mama. So. <laughs> My mom wasn't trying to be a pretty girl. She was trying to be a smart girl. And so I think she was. And I do know that it is one of the many benefits we have of her legacy mm-hmm. and her work. People respected her. And more importantly, people really loved her. And she loved them back. And um, she was certainly out there for um, the uh, um, people who were running for office that were being support, needed support, Mm -hmm. as she was supported when she first ran and throughout her career as a politician. But I wish I could take the credit, Cindy, but the fact of the matter is I had a powerhouse of a mom. Hmm. And people are still investing in her legacy, and I'm very, very grateful for it. I think that was also, I don't think that's what motivated her or the purpose of why she did what she did, but she deservingly so earned that. And even after her her sad, untimely death, um, it carries on. There's no way that they can stop it because the force that she put into all those efforts that she believed in. That's right. There is no stopping it. That's well, I I pray that that is continuing to be the case. People are incredibly responsive to what we're trying to do. They get the connection between where she left off and Mm -hmm. where we're picking up. And we are true to that legacy. We are not trying to be anything other than what we are. And being true to that legacy is enough. That part, (laughs) I declare. So if you um, are listening right now and you are part of an organization, have an organization, excuse me, a nonprofit, it does not have to be a 501c3, but if you are doing things in your community that are anti-gun violence, anti-violence, keeping the kids busy out of the streets, that they won't get into trouble, and sports things and keeping them busy with activities and things that motivate the kids to learn and be positive and you're a positive reinforcement collectively in a group for a group of children 
contact the Carrie Meek Foundation because this Supporting Safer Communities grant program is going on right now. The deadline is May 12th to apply. You can get more information. And like Lucia said, that there are, you know, um, you guys are having tutorials and things oh, like that. absolutely. Workshops. To teach. We're yeah, doing in-person in-person mm. training, I'm sorry, yeah. in-person training in communities. Yes. So we'll next be at the Caleb Center. We've been in Florida City. We've been in Cutler Bay. We'll be in Westchester, Hialeah, North Miami, uh, um, Liberty City, um, and and Northwards. We're trying to cover this information with yes. anybody who can listen, has an opportunity to talk to us in person. We have office hours that are also on the website where mm-hmm. you can call in and get support. We have all day Fridays in which we'll be committing to people coming in and talking to us. We don't want anybody to feel that they're not supported in getting this uh, grant application done. And we expect a lot of applications, and it is going to be competitive. But our people are worth it, and they're up to it. At least try. That's exactly That's all right. you can do. Mm-hmm. So head over to carrymeekfoundation.org to get all the information forward slash safer community or just log on to carrymeekfoundation.org just to get all, everything that's going on, the calendar of things and workshops that you can learn. And you can also follow them on IG at carrymeekfndn, which is short for foundation, and also on Facebook at carrymeekfoundation. I've been speaking to the daughter of the legendary Carrie Meek. She's the president of the Carrie Meek Foundation, Miss Lucia Rayford, Lucia Davis Rayford, Rayford, I should say. And any final words before we sign out? And thank you so much for stopping by. Well, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to speak to people who we hope will be responsive to the opportunity to make a contribution to our community in a very, very tangible way and in a way that will be supported and guided and hopefully will help take us into a safer community. Yes. Your girl, Super Cindy. Happy Sunday, y'all. Community Matters, 99 Jams.